Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the latest episode of Five on the Floor and the Five Reasons Sports Network. Thanks for joining us on your favorite podcast app. We're on Red Circle, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the Five Reasons YouTube channel where you can get plenty of other content for free. So hit the like and subscribe buttons when you go there also five reasonsports.com spell that one out for no paywall written content and check out our great sponsors our guy eric rubenstein you may not be in great circumstances you might have had a slip and fall an accident medical malpractice we hope that didn't actually happen but if it did reach out to our guy eric rubenstein huge miami heat fan from down here in south florida from the Lauder hill area uh he has website eric rubenstein.com that's s-t-e-i-n even though it's pronounced stein uh and also you can call him at 954-829-ERIC that's 954-829-E-R-I-C the proper spelling not the spolster spelling or on instagram at ask about me I got you. Eric will take care of all your issues and he will get you the money that you deserve. So go to ericrubenstein.com, 954-829-ERIC. And now, today's episode. Down to this day. Yeah. Five on the floor, ride for my dogs. Where is the thing? You can check the score. Hustle hard, couple scars, wearing bubble frogs. Just like Buckley said, you in trouble, y'all. Kept the floor playing, got an all band. Y'all seen the block, stop with one hand. And Pat, we trust, it's power, have the guts. We're here to bring the heat. Y'all can hang it up. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a daily insider show on the Miami Heat and the NBA featuring Ethan Skolnick, Greg Sylvander, and Alex Toledo, plus others from the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, welcome back to Five on the Floor. This feels like a rare off-day episode here. We've got uh, the floor plan. That's Brady Hawk, Brady Hawk 305, Alex Toledo at Tropical Blanket, and he is coming. We were confused. We got a text from Greg Sylvander which said, I got tied up. I can make it. We thought that meant he couldn't make it, but he's appearing right now as we go. So now this podcast has absolutely no ceiling. We are going to talk about Bam Adebayo today. That's the direction that we're going. Uh, Got into it a little bit with Brian Fonseca after the Heat's win against the shorthanded Bucks. Let's not make too much of that victory. It's just they survived it. Okay, that's good. Um, They survived their awful shooting and their awful uh, turnovers in the first quarter and pulled it together and ended up putting together a pretty decent performance. Uh, Really good effort from uh, Gabe Vincent, his best game of the season with 28 points, but also Bam Adebayo. And we've talked a lot about Bam and the idea of kind of getting past the bugaboos, right? So, you know, one thing was, was he going to be consistently aggressive? That has happened. Was he going to find a go-to move? Well, he's found sort of a go-to area, right? He, he has a place that he can go on the floor and he knows he can get a shot 
uh, when he wants it. But also, was he going to go against some of the bigger, more problematic, better defensive centers in the league and not shrink? And that didn't happen last night. Brooke Lopez has been kind of the big, I don't know, he's he's been the big adversary, the big issue for Bam over the past couple of years. And Bam put up huge numbers against him. He actually screwed up my prize picks. By the way, use that code 5, F-I-V-E. Get your initial deposit matched up to $100. But do what I did. Go with LeBron over, but don't go with Bam under because I lost my prop last night. So I guess the question now is what's next, right? Like, I, I feel like the tests have been passed. We all gave him an A in our midseason uh, review. He's been durable. I mean, he has this latest injury. He came back pretty much right away from it. So I, I, I'll, I'll, go to, I'll go to Brady on this first. Like, if you were to say from a basketball perspective, well, Greg, you were here late. If I was to say from a basketball perspective, like, what's next, particularly offensively? It's tough because the immediate thing I think of with what's next is doing it consistently, I guess, in the postseason, because that's kind of the next step here, because we're seeing him absolutely take off in the way in a regular season, but it's consistently doing it in a matchup when they're schematically going to go at him because that's what they're going to do now in the postseason. Like their three point shooting has fell off. The teams are not going to like overly prepare for their three point shooting now in a, in a matchup. It's going to be, most nights, how can we take Jimmy, uh, Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo specifically off their game? We think back to last postseason, teams were not really worried about Jimmy. Like, they knew what you were going to get from Jimmy. It was mostly take away their second and third options a lot of nights and just basically bet on that. And we saw what kind of led to that, uh, specifically when Tyler went out in the Boston series. So I think it is specifically the postseason stuff. But if we're talking about a specific skill, it's interesting because he's kind of checked off all the boxes you want him to like the, the next step was basically uh, he's figured out switches in a way that it's just, it, it's not really him on switches. It's more so can his uh, guards around him, get him the ball on switches, which even last night there was portions of the game where I was like, there were, there were just certain matches where you're like, just get bam the ball with that guy on his back. But when there's playing this type of drop, he was just destroying Brook Lopez last night and, and he just consistently can get to it. I was looking at specific numbers where, Last season, on mid-range pull-ups, Bam was 49 of 135. We're at the halfway mark of this season. He is 41 of 111. Like, he is almost at the mark he was all of last season, at the halfway mark this season. If that showcases his aggressiveness, that showcases his growth, and more importantly, it feels like he has a counter to most coverages now. Because the one coverage that was going to throw him off, and this was kind of the, the weird balance between Tyler and Bam before, it was like, Tyler wants to see drop where I don't know if Bam wants to see drop because they were going to cut off the rim and it was kind of going to throw him off in previous seasons. Now it's like, I think I feel more comfortable with Bam against drop because you look at when Brooke Lopez, the beginning of that game specifically, if we look at that, he was guard, he was two feet under the free throw line for the first two possessions of that game. Bam hits two straight jumpers. The very next position possession where it's like nine and a half minutes to go in the first quarter. So very early in the game, Brooke Lopez was standing two feet in front of the free throw line. Like he already shifted the defense in that way just because of what he's able to do. Uh, they stayed in the same system and he was just consi consistently just hitting the jumper, pull up jumper, pocket pass, pull up. So what's next for him? It's more so consistency into the postseason because I really feel like I don't know what else you could really want him to do. If he's hitting that jumper consistently, I'll, I'll add in, I think the one thing maybe is getting to the free throw line more, I guess, because he, I guess aggressively getting to the basket and drop, like if you're able to kind of go at Brooke Lopez in that way and get him in foul trouble and get to the line, but kind of in his own shot profile, I think this is ideally where you want him to be. 
Alex, what would you add to what Brady said? It's tough, man, because, like, when you bring up next level with Bam, it feels like Bam is the perfect symbol for the anxiety of a fan and always looking forward to the next level, right? Whether you're talking about him now or whether you're talking about him uh, as a starter when he first started, right, uh, in 2021. I think I have the season right there. It's always about, oh, okay, he's really good, but he can do this. It's really good, but he can do this. I'm always, like, telling Brady at the games, like, I think Bam is the most underappreciated Heat player of my lifetime, right? And I know you guys could speak to that more just because it feels like what he does on a night-to-night basis is, is very uh, unique, and he's gotten better every single year, right? Like, it feels like he obviously had that wall that he hit against the Bucks, right? So it's very relevant right now, and it's awesome, right, to see the progression from that to what he was doing last night where he was almost eager to take those shots and get them in different ways. And uh, he was doing it in rhythm. He was doing it on his own as well at times. And just to see the growth of that, right, and him taking those steps, it was always going to come with more reps. And it's just cool to see the offense where it is now, right, with Bam. And you look at the the numbers and he's taking uh, 16 field goal attempts per game. When you look at it, uh, attempts per 75 possessions is at 17 last year was at 15 and the difference there is is those mid-range shots like you said it just it, it shows in the numbers as well that he has that go-to shot he feels really good about it but it's not only about that it's about finding the balance of when to go for that versus when to attack the basket and I think he's really figuring that out as the season goes I, I think when you mentioned uh, who's the most underappreciated player in heat history that's a great topic it's more actually. about just attacking what they're giving you and it's totally what brady's talking Save about that like for now another episode. Well, a drop. i think he has utmost confidence versus most of these slower bigs well I, actually greg that sounds like a future topic for us uh, who's the most underappreciated player in heat history because uh, chris bosh had been on the top of my list prior to uh this recent turn of events with bam but but i think we're going to get into more in the second part of this episode is is kind of what this means for the future of the franchise that he has taken this step because the worst possible situation for the heat was to have a mediocre season and bam kind of stuck in place. Like for all the, the things that we're not grateful for, for this heat year, at least like we know with bam, like we went into this year, let's as someone who follows the dolphins, right? Greg went into this year with Tua, right? Was he the guy? Was he not the guy? Right. And then he flashed the whole season. Then he played that he, okay, he is the guy, right? Like that is, you put players around him. He's going to play at an elite level. He finished first in a whole bunch of categories. And now we finished the season where he can't actually finish the season. And now everybody's like, again, is he the guy? So we're right back to that same point. It's like the Ryan Tannehill quandary that the Dolphins fans went through for seven years. Right. Well, bam, like it now appears he's the guy, like at least the guy that we projected that he could be. And I, I keep going back to a podcast we did before the season where I pointed out that he's the same age as Zoe was when Zoe arrived in Miami. And look at all the all the ways that Zoe improved from that point. And Zoe was a guy who was considered the best high school player in the nation, second overall pick. I mean, he he was at a higher level than Bam before Bam came to uh to the NBA. So I'll, I'll just I'll let you handle a little of the basketball part here, but then after the break, I do want to get into the meaning for this roster and this future. Uh, is there one thing you want to see, offensively or defensively, or leadership wise, or anything? Well, first, as a spiritual advisor to all Heat fans, please do not mention Bam Adebayo in the same sentence with Ryan Tannehill and Tua ever again. Thank you very much. Uh, we wish them the best, but please do not speak of them in the same context. Uh, I will say this, 
If you take out October games for Bam Adebayo, he's essentially been 22-10 on 55% shooting with three assists, a steal, and also a guy that basically teams have given up going at. And I just think that all of that wrapped into one. He's an absolute franchise player. He's the reason why he's untouchable. Um, obviously we always want to see him handle the ball more or shoot more from the edges. I predicted he would hit 41 threes and that prediction is going to look ridiculous by the end of this year. But the fact that he's just expanded on his game, you can count on him. He, um, all of the things we wanted to see from him, we're seeing that's a building block and they have that in place. And so you guys know I'm pushing the agenda forever, no ceiling, but you can go ahead and go to the ad now. All right, we'll go to the ad now. Go to Better Edge. Use the code 5RSN. Gamble legally, peer-to-peer. This is not illegal. This is not offshore. You can find the line that you want. Go to Better Edge. Excuse me, that's with an O in it. We got our guys Jim Rodriguez, uh, Tony Schwartz, Sean Rochester giving you the picks on a regular basis. We do the tournaments there as well. That's where we've moved our gambling operations here. Uh, So Prize Picks is our fantasy sponsor. Of course, use that code 5 Better Edge, use the code 5RSN. That's the number 5RSN. I don't know why more people aren't trying this at this point because uh, it is the most fun way to play. And again, you'll actually get your money. That's it. They're based in Minneapolis, not Costa Rica. It's helpful from a gambling perspective. So check it out, betteredge.com. Use the code 5RSN. Also, want to mention one other sponsor here, c-armstaffing.com. Check them out. They provide the C-arm equipment to hospitals and other facilities. If you're involved in that business, reach out to our guy, Nelson. Again, check it out at c-armstaffing.com. And basically, they'll fill out the form and and provide whatever your needs may be. And mention five reasons when you talk to Nelson, and they'll take care of you. Again, well, they'll take care of you anyway, but it'll help if you mention us. 561-891-9620. 20c-armstaffing.com, betteredge.com, use the code 5RSN. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. What's the first thing you'd do if you had an extra hour in your day? Go for a run, take a nap, maybe check the stats of the latest Miami Heat game? I've got a better idea. A lot of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. The question is time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. I've benefited from therapy. I went through some life changes, major life events, had some difficulties, wasn't a believer in therapy, but it helped me and it can help you also. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. So learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Miami Heat today to get 10% off your first month. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Miami Heat. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. All right, so Greg, I'll let you start on this then. We'll pivot back the other direction. Uh, what does this mean? Because if you if you check off a box now, you say, okay, uh, Looks like a franchise guy. Looks like a top 15 or 20 guy. I agree with Brady that until he does it in the playoffs, there's still going to be this sort of lingering question. That does seem like the next hurdle. People need to shut up. 
Anyway. I mean, but, but, let, but let me ask you this. I mean, let's say let's say they're a one and done team this year. I mean, yeah. let's say they're they're a six seed and they and they're one and done against the three seeded uh, Nets or three seeded Milwaukee or something along those lines. Like, then what are we looking at? It'll depend. It will as if we're talking about Bam specifically. It will depend on one his stat line and two. I think ultimately team success is going to be dictated by the shooters to some degree. We see that with this team, so I, don't, I just don't know how much of that can be related to Bam. But, you know, if he plays well, even if they lose early, I think that it's a positive step in the right direction. The only way that this would turn into a a focus point over the offseason would be if he regresses in any way, if he is not as aggressive as he's been, um, particularly just getting into the paint, not necessarily for all dunks either, um, that kind of stuff. So as long as that's all in place, I don't see how we walk, how we don't walk away from this season feeling good about Bam as basically the lead dog go forward. I know Jimmy is the face of the franchise now because he did come back here and save uh, he culture to a degree, but I think more and more Bam Adebayo is likely going to be the only all-star on this roster. I think that's yeah, my yeah. prediction. And um, so more and more Bam Adebayo is the face of the Miami heat. Yeah. But, I, but when you are the face of the Miami heat, it comes with additional expectations. So there's the max contract that played into it, which is getting the money now, but also uh, when you're the face of it, then you're expected to lead your team somewhere or else they have to find another face. And I, I get it. You've got kind of co-faces now with Jimmy and Tyler, Uh, But I do think that more pressure may fall on Bam if they do struggle in the postseason. They go out quickly. He regresses in some way. I I think until if he plays well and they lose a first round series in five games, then okay. Uh, But I think he gets one year of that. I I, I don't think that that they're going to blame the old guys first. Well, but I think the old guys have been blamed. I mean, I think Kyle's going to get blamed regardless if he doesn't play well and they don't advance. I think there's a, a contingent inside and outside of South Florida that's always looking to blame Tyler. Right. And of course, he's coming back from, you know, a, a, a subpar postseason. Uh, and then Jimmy's kind of above blame, I think, at this point for playoff performance. So I do think that that some of it will fall back on Bam in the same way that, again, I go to Bosch, who had LeBron and Dwayne there to kind of cover for him. But when Chris struggled against Roy Hibbert, when Chris struggled against Kevin Garnett, he heard it. OK, no matter how well he played in other sequences, there are still people who forget about the block forget about the rebound and just point to him score being scoreless in game seven of the 2013 NBA finals. I mean, Chris dealt with a lot of that stuff. So I think Bam, Bam is similar in a lot of ways to Chris in terms of perception, not understanding certain things that he does, not understanding sacrifices he makes for the good of team. Also intelligence. There's a lot of stuff there with Bam and, and Chris that, that have always reminded me of each other, but, but let me, let's go back to the basketball standpoint. If, if we're looking at uh, Alex from, from basketball, in the postseason, if they're going to, if Bam is going to continue to emerge instead of it being all on Jimmy, which is what it's been for the past couple of seasons. Uh, what is, what does that look like from a basketball perspective or does it depend on the opponent? Um, I guess the opponent, you know, it, it depends on the opponent, but also it looks like not what happened in the last playoff run where uh, as the rounds went on, as they got further, Jimmy got a bigger load, had the, you know, the higher scoring load, playmaking load in general, and Bams went down, especially versus the Celtics, right, where it was kind of hit or miss with Bam. Uh, and the field goal attempts go down by two, three, four, compared to what they were in the last regular season, right? We're not even talking about this Bam. Like, it's he's just got to maintain what he's been doing, right? It's You guys have been harping on this the whole show, and it's, and it's really 
all it is because he's taking all the right steps already. He's kind of he's actualizing right now as a player. And I think hitting getting closer to that no ceiling that Leif talks about. Right. And it's just about making sure that it continues in the playoffs. And, yeah, it's going to be about opponent. But like we talked about, he has the tools depending on who he's going against. Right. And, you know, I, I just want to see what happens now. That doesn't mean that I'm waiting for the playoffs to kind of uh, anoint Bam because I think he's already at that level. I think he's been their best player this season. He's been their most valuable player this season. And you could have made the case for that in other seasons as well. But I think this season it's it's been undoubtedly the case, right, with the amount of uh, games missed between Jimmy. I think that definitely kind of settles it with Bam just like he's doing everything he wanted, right? So, yeah, like do it in the playoffs, but like we haven't even gotten there yet. So I'm not even too worried about that in the sense of like he's going to get a tough matchup no matter who he plays against. Right. If the heat of the six, the six seed and they got to go up against the Nets, the Cavs, the Bucks, the Celtics in the first round, one of those four teams. Guess what? Like you're going to get tested. All of those teams have good front courts and like the Nets. Yeah. Like, you know, Claxton and Ben Simmons may not be on the same class as the other front courts, but they're not that far behind either. Like they've been a good defense. They have more size in the wings now. And they obviously have the talent up front. So there's going to be uh, testing matchups for him regardless. I'm just looking forward to see how he responds because it feels like he is almost eager to get to that, the way that he's attacking. Uh, Brady, Alex mentioned some of those names. Um, who's the most problematic at this stage? It, are, is he past the Brook Lopez thing now? Is it is it the the overall length of, of the Nets when they're healthy? Is it is it, you know, again, with Brooke, it's also with Giannis, which adds, <laughs> and Portis, which adds a little bit to the mix. Is it, uh, is it Rob Williams, if he's fully healthy? And sort of the other things you're expected to do against Tatum? Wh- wh- which is the team? I don't think there's a specific matchup that I'm honestly worried about because I feel like he can bypass it all. I think the bigger thing is, like, not a specific matchup, but a way of uh, they defend because – Smaller defenders, like posting them up and actually kind of making them pay on a bad switch is kind of where I come down in it. Like, I'm not too worried about a Brook Lopez matchup. I think he can bypass the Robert Williams thing and find ways to get past it. But it's more so if you get Jalen Brown in your back, like you did in the Eastern Conference Finals, and you get the ball, you, you like you have to go to that. Like you cannot pass out and go in the other direction. So it's not specifically a matchup. I think it's a mindset. And that's why I come back to what we've seen this season. I mean, we haven't seen – the, the post-up stuff a ton, but we've seen it enough where I think that there's enough to like where you see him just the, the 16 shot attempts alone can tell you that he's going to at least get shots up over the top, at least a pull up over the top or get to the basket where you feel comfortable. And that's why when I brought up the playoff thing before, it's not really that I think he falls off a cliff in the playoffs. It's more so that I don't think in the regular season matchup wise, basketball wise, that we're at a point where you're saying he needs to do this. The only other benchmark is basically continually consistently putting up, I guess that he's sleepwalking at a 20 and 10 right now. And he's one of the best defenders in the world. So you're talking about a thing where it's just the next benchmark is doing consistently in the postseason. That's really what it comes down to. So that's really what the most promising thing is. And that's why that game last night was honestly meant nothing like that game, like Gabe Vincent got his career high, which was cool to see uh, Bam kind of beating the Brooke Lopez allegations. That's, that's cool to see, but that game meant nothing in general. I just think the most promising thing is you're seeing Bam find counters to almost every coverage that they're throwing at him, where there's other guys on this team where you say, we're still kind of wondering like a bunch of different guys where what are they going to do when the coverage gets thrown at them? 
uh, shooters. What is going to happen when they overplay you and they force you to drive? Bam, I'm not worried about that. If he sees deep drop, he has a matchup. He has a go-to shot. Uh, and it, it really just comes down to consistently taking it. So I'm not really worried about any of those matchups. I am interested to see, because as much as I say about not learning much from that game, I am, I am interested to see the way he can face Brooke and Giannis, and specifically tomorrow. And that's why I think this episode is important, because I think that's going to be an interesting bench part. Because it's one thing to have a, like so much room to just take that comfortable jumper in the middle of the floor, but then when this defense kind of comes together and Giannis is weak side helping, and they're really closing off the rim, and then they're helping at the nail more, and there's like different things that the Bucks can do defensively, I'm interested to see kind of the way Bam builds up counters there as well, because the Bucs are not going to do the same thing that they just did last night. Like, they're not. They're, their defense is built to protect the rim, so you're going to have open shots in the mid-range, but it's not going to be as comfortable, I think, as it was last game. So that's why I'm more so interested to see the counters. But like we've talked about in the past where it's, we've questioned it, I'm honestly at a point now where I'm not questioning counters, ability, aggression, any of that. It really comes down to simply just hitting the shots that he's taking. Like he can, we can now acknowledge when a guy has an off night, like we're star players and you say that guy had an off night. It's not like, okay, he can't handle that coverage or he can't make something of the moment aggression wise. It's just, okay. If it, if it doesn't go his way, it's, it's just what happens to good players in this league. I think the most interesting thing you said there is that he's sleepwalking into 20 and 10. And the reality is he's not sleeping at all, walking at all anymore. He's being consistently aggressive, but it looks like he's sleepwalking into 20 and 10, right? Like it, it, it seems effortless, but the, the way he's had to clear these hurdles mentally to get to this place is what's significant. It's like, okay, now we're just taking it for granted. There was an enormous barrier for him. Okay. We've discussed it. There was all of these press conferences. I need to be more aggressive. And then three nights later, he was saying the same damn thing. He has not said that after one presser this year that I, I don't care how many threes he takes. That was my barometer this season. How many games was he going to say, I need to be more aggressive. Okay. We don't have the most hardcore media group down here, but even that he got annoyed with all of us continuing to ask that question. We haven't had to ask that question. There has not been a night where you've said that. Like, and the other thing I mentioned, I didn't mention earlier, the other barrier he had to overcome was, was he going to do it with Jimmy playing? And he has done it with Jimmy playing. So he's pretty much, He's cleared all of this stuff, and now it's like, okay, what's next? And it's almost like he's opening his arms wide now and seeing like, okay, he's in the big, big wide, you know, the great wide open, as Tom Petty used to say, way beyond Brady's and Alex's time. Go ahead, Greg. You know, one other thing that I, I that struck me as interesting throughout the season with Bam Adebayo and the heightened attention he's getting from defenses as he becomes more and more of like the go-to guy. We you talked about getting him to 15 field goal attempts, and what is he at 16? You said. Um, is that you see teams try things differently on BAM and he's figuring it out. And I think part of what we all talk about with Tyler is when all of a sudden Delone Wright is, <clears throat> excuse me, ball hawking him or he's getting blitzed, how does he handle those things? And maybe truthfully, there are question marks about how is he going to handle those things in high leverage situations? Whereas with BAM, there hasn't been one moment where you say, man, that didn't work. And, and he seemed flustered. He, he couldn't figure that out. And so I, that to me is also telling in the maturation of his offensive game. All right. Thanks again to our sponsors. Prize picks. Use that code five better edge. Use it five RSN C dash armstaffing.com. Eric Rubenstein.com. We hope you don't have an accident, but if you do, 
that's the place to go. Have a good night, everybody. Uh, we've got uh, Bucks Heat coming up ABC game Saturday at one o'clock. Let's hope that some of the Heat players play. That would be nice to see because they don't tend to represent themselves very well in national TV games. Uh, I will be there with Brady and Alex. Uh, Greg will be hosting post game and that will be on the YouTube channel as well as here. Have a good day. Have a good night. Heater 23 and 20. We'll see where they go. Thank you for listening to the five on the floor on the five regional sports network. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards. As we know it, if you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.